intersection of faith and fear, where every single week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the fear of God. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me is fellow co-host Reed Lackey, but he got stuck in the chimbley. Hopefully only once. I'm sure he'll wriggle his way out momentarily and join us while we wait on Reed. Permit me to remind you listeners that here at the Fear of God we explore, we don't explain except for right now. When I explain, you can find all things foggy at the fear of God podcast.com. Things such as how to support us on Patreon and the benefits that come with how to purchase fog swag, how to listen to our entire seven plus year history of episodes presented in both chronological and alphabetical order. No less. Thank you, Steve Beckley and the absolute unquestionably most significant and important thing you can find at the fear of God podcast.com is wait a minute. Who is this joined by a dog with antlers roped to its head? The one and only Lackey! Dabu Dore, Dabu Doozy, Dabu Doozy, Welcome Christmas, something, something. Read! Hey, man. Hey, dude, how are you feeling? Woo! Significantly better than. Last week, uh, better than last week. Yes, <laughs> drop the adverbs. Okay, we don't like adverbs around here, especially not inaccurate ones. So. You know, you know what would help my life read? What is I don't know, being a better like planned, being a person hmm. who is better at planning their life. Like oh, I, d- like December Got deep real quick. Here we go. It did. <laughs> well, I, you asked how I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I did. And, I and it's it. like, I'm here for it. The podcast is going on. Work is going on. Family's going on. Christmas is going on. The birth is going on. And like mm-hmm. one hour to the next, I'm like, I just want to take a nap. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> indeed. Oh, indeed. So anyway, no, I'm doing good. I hope, I hope you're doing well. I am. I am. At the moment, I am. I had a dental appointment today, so I was thankful to mm-hmm. no okay. longer be numb by the time we had to start podcasting. Um, and so were, were you comfortably numb? That's a great Pink Floyd reference. But um, yes, I... Oh, was it? it oh, you didn't I just even... was asking, were you comfortable? <laughs> yes, I knew. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on now. Um, so yeah, uh, and right now I'm drinking spiced apple cider with some... Fireball mm. in it and spiked. Uh, no apple cider. Yes, spiced, spiked. It's it's spiced and it's spiked. Um, yeah. 
and uh, I think there's too much spice in it, but definitely mm. not enough fireball. So, but yes, I'm doing so quite you, well. So you'd call it uh, spicy. All right, listeners, while Reed chokes on his hot cider, uh, uh, thank you for finding your way to us today. Uh, Whether this may be your first or perhaps your 300th episode of the Fear of God podcast, we are thankful you chose to share your time with us last week. We welcomed you all to the party, pals, for 1988 <laughs> seminal action film Die Hard. Die uh, Hard. We read. I've, I've, I've watched Die Hard two and three since last time. We oh, did I this. know. Yes, you mentioned. I'm there, so excited. You know, that, that is that with thrilled me that you were just like mild you know returns. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, today, read and listeners, we are continuing. Our run of holiday-themed episodes with a Yuletide classic starring that most misunderstood of monsters. Today, we visit Whoville as we check in with the original animated special, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The Grinch. So before we get to Whoville, mm. Reed, mm-hmm. yeah, we are going to visit the river. <gasps> are we uh, and while we it's not technically the, the bottom of the river, mm. it's the river bottom. Yeah. Oh. As we go down oh. to the river to pray, <laughs> studying about that good old way. Shall not wear. that musical, nope. oh. but another musical. Today we're talking about How the Grinch Stole Christmas, mm. uh, which is a, a special, a Christmas special. Holiday There Christmas is another special. Christmas special. And not only is it a Christmas special, it is a very special Christmas special. Mm. But it could not be bracketed whatsoever into the horror space. Uh, so we are going to uh, consider it like a mini B-side. Today, uh, uh, without further ado, we're going to talk about Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas for the patrons. Here we go. So about this special, about this special, um, should we tell people what How the Grinch Stole Christmas is about? I mean, no, but we should mention, I think we, I think we preempted it, but we did just have a really lovely little conversation about the really lovely little Imitator Drug Band Christmas. And uh, if you want to participate and partake and enjoy that, uh, join Patreon. Um, do we want to? I, I don't know. Uh, you. I mean, I think we. this is your. I think we ostensibly can. So, I mean, listen, here's the deal. Go for it, Reed. Bitter and hateful, the Grinch is irritated at the thought of the nearby village having a happy time celebrating Christmas. So, disguised as Santa Claus with his dog made to look like a reindeer, he raids the village to steal all the Christmas things. The village is sure to have a sad Christmas this year. Or will it? Dun, dun, dun. So, did you... Surely you watched this as a child growing up. I think I did, but my name's not Shirley. That's it's a very good and overused joke. I, I set me up <laughs> for it. Um <laughs> I I imagine that to be the case. I just don't uh I I have a acknowledgement, respect, you know, kind of tip of the hat to how the Grinch stole Christmas. I don't have a like deep abiding this is a a a staple that we need to ensure plays through once every holiday season. That's interesting. Interesting. Um, 
I because I'm very Grinch ish. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, no. I just I just find that interesting. Um, I I do I do love this, uh, and I it was a staple of my childhood. It's become more of a pretty you know at the very least every Christmas the classic song is played, if not the actual special watched. Uh, many, many years, the actual special is watched because it's only 25 minutes and it's amazing. Um, but I, I, I did grow up with it. Um, grew up with that wonderful song, the wonderful Boris Karloff na- uh, narration. Uh, interestingly enough, I've never read the book. I'm presuming it's just a direct translation because this has so much of the Dr. Seussian kind of language to it. Um, but I don't think I've ever actually... Like, I read it in Target the other day. <laughs> really oh that's hysterical yeah. no yeah i uh i don't Just think I'm, yeah well prep a little bit then you could it's you um could i think there close? are a few like it's it's a i don't think it is a literal one-to-one uh because i did take a few notes off of both okay and they didn't perfectly match up but it's but it's it's not uh the the special is not um a a flight of fancy right it's not a, yeah. it's not a you know, whole new piece, but even reading some of the IMDb back matter, uh, cited, you know, a few little flourishes to the animation and, you know, like, I think, I think Max shows up sooner in the, in the special than he does in the book. That makes Um, sense. Okay. Yeah. You know, stuff, little, little stuff like that, that, you know, it's all small stuff that yeah. is changed, but it's okay. not completely one-to-one. No, I gotcha. I gotcha. Now, have you, because obviously this special is ground zero for the Grinch story. Have you engaged with any supplemental Grinch material? Have Did you see the cartoon that they did, the feature-length cartoon that I think Benedict Cumberbatch voices the Grinch? Um, he did. And then the um, Jim Carrey film. What's your, what's your exposure, so if any, to, to any of those things? I don't know how, you know. This is going to be a unique conversation okay. uh, for us uh, because it's a u- unique text we're pulling from here. But I, I don't ask me why. I don't okay. even exactly have a a critical answer, right? Like a a thoughtful answer. Um, but I'd never watched any of the animated one until the last few days, and then I'd never I the animated um, feature you mean? Correct. Um, the Carrie Howard version, I had kind of actively avoided. Interesting. Um, okay. What's weird is the quote unquote live action version. My niece, who is effectively a fourth child in our home, has uh, loves it and has kind of infected my oldest kids with oh, okay. an affection for it. So they they tend to watch it. Um, you know, kind of together and perennially um, or annually. I don't know if I use that word correctly. And I just, I, here we go, Reed. Okay. Here All we right. go. The Grinch is going to tighten up his shoes uh, or whatever it is the Grinch <laughs> is in and wears. Okay. Yes. Tight shoes. So the Ron Howard film, like, like every time I look at it, it just looks like obnoxiousness in in cinema form right and humorously i did today watch some scenes on youtube oh of just, the just, okay yeah, you yeah, know, yeah yeah of the carry version just because i because again to give at least a semi-fair shake okay I, I, let me at least talk about this a little knowledgeably and i think like many things there's a world where if a thing caught you at a particular moment in your life 
that is going to become the sort of canon version for sure. You. No, so yeah, I understood. can yeah. I can comprehend you know people who because what the Howard movie does is I, I don't even know if I'd call it fantastical. It's like candy coated mm-hmm. crazy town. <laughs> um, even the even the designs of everything mm-hmm. uh, is just kind of weird. But okay, see, I don't, I don't know how much you want to go into this right now. So I started, I I started the Cumberbatch one. Okay. So, so okay. So here was the progression: is we're going to talk about the Grinch. Uh, You and I started texting about the Grinch. Yes. I had not, I had not either, I had neither at that point in time watched any YouTube's of Ron Howard version. I had not watched anything of um, animated version, and you tipped me off a little bit to some of it. Yeah. Or kind of affirmed a little bit of my impulses, at least on the the Carrie Howard version, and so I'm so what I will point to in both mm-hmm. are things that are big turnoffs. Uh, they are different okay. things, sure, mainly because okay. I haven't watched the totality of either of them, and those different things are enough to keep me away from them, uh, or at least keep me from uh, liking them. Honestly, okay. Um, the Carrie version, it's just it's it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Like okay. I I watched the first kind of five minutes and then i watched about two or three more scenes of about seven minute length right so about maybe maybe a half hour in total and it's just too much it's it's too it's too much much for for me right (laughs) it's all the muchness yeah yes Mm -hmm. like there's a scene of uh a who who parents in bed uh and they're they uh, the grinch has landed on the on the roof Mm. and they it's let me i'm sorry let me it's Santa, you know, like <laughs> the makeup effects are kind of repulsive to me. It just, I don't know. There's just a world where I watched it and thought, why, you know, mm. why was this choice made? Okay. Uh, and this choice meaning the whole operation. Okay. Is that unfair? Maybe it's where Nathan <laughs> is right now. Opposite end of the, the, the spectrum here. Uh, and this is what's going to threaten to, to, to kick open a can of worms Uh-oh. is I started uh, I, uh, listeners who heard Die Hard uh, know that um, I was relatively sick and have been a little on the sickly side this past week. Um, it kind of comes and goes. Uh, I'm, I'm more or less on the upswing. And But one particular day, I just wasn't feeling it. I was kind of just laying in bed and I, I turned on the animated Grinch yeah. voiced by Cumberbatch. And there's... There's ways in which it's kind of fine. It's that sure. illumination. Yeah. The, the art, the animation is clean. You know, visually, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what what the Carrie Howard version wants to be. Um, and, and I guess there's a certain level of props I will give to this from a production standpoint. It it wants to be a live action animated film. Sure. Like the Carrie yeah, yeah, Howard yeah. version. Of course. Yeah. So mm-hmm. visually, the illumination version is fine. Read where I, where I just turned it off and I was like... <laughs> I don't Grinch and care <laughs> is when they showed me little boy Grinch. Oh, and I was like, sure. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. no, uh-huh. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Don't show me traumatized Grinch. Stop trying to re-engineer. Yeah. What? Uh, because even though uh, uh, patrons heard me wax quite, poetic about Emmett Otter as this magical piece of media from my childhood, even though I don't have that level of, of feeling for the, the OG animated sure. film. Right. 
what I can say is um, there are adventures in missing the point. <laughs> and uh, I made, okay, here we go. I made a, a comment about late stage capitalism. It was cynical, smarmy <laughs> Nathan uh, uh, putting on his, you know, stinker cap about <laughs> why things aren't as sort of enriching and heartfelt these days, or fe- it feels that way. And then, and here's your, t- here it is. Like, stop taking, you know, okay, I'll read it the way I wrote it down. Right okay. Now. All right. Um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas in its source text and largely with only slight shading in the original animated. It is just a bunch of weirdo non-human people doing a bunch of weirdo gobbledygook activities and oddball eating oddball food stuff. Like that's it. Like don't take that and blow it up into (laughs) the. The motivations of the Grinch and the politics of Whoville and the ins and outs and, and, oh, but mom works really hard for us. You, I'm going to, I'm going to use your words. And at a certain point, you're just going to have to shut me up. I'm going (laughs) to use your words. Uh, you use the word even sort of blithely, like just, oh, in the, Mm -hmm. in, in your read way, um, you reference the word fable. Yeah. And at the end of the day, my friend. I don't care about the trauma of the Grinch. Right. right, It's not the point. Mm -hmm. What all I need and all you've buried under, you know, big budgets and CGI and and stunt casting Mm -hmm. is the fact that there is wickedness, greed, avarice, isolationism, selfishness in the world. Mm -hmm. And it will attempt to rob you of all that is good. Yeah. And and the reason these little weirdo people are little weirdo people because it's representative. It's not yeah, meant right. to be human analogs mm-hmm. in the same way that anthropomorphic otters teach us about the Christ mystery. Mm-hmm. Little weirdo things that are made up syllables about nothingness <laughs> are meant to just show you. Look at these little weirdos and how they come together, hold hands and sing songs of praise even when the the avarice of the world has taken their yeah. material goods. Yeah. That's the point. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not let me learn how to pity the green monster thing. Mm-hmm. And so this is I'm sorry. No, you're a long monologue no. you didn't mean to trigger. No, it's but okay. It's all right. I when I when I looked at these two productions and started even trying to have my heart uh 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 inflate two times its size towards <laughs> them, I was like, no, you have missed the point in favor of marketing, yeah. in yeah. favor of toys and you know uh box office. Yeah, yeah. I will shut up for a second. No, so no, uh, uh well. Because, and I'll lead with the thought that I almost interrupted with, which is, I do think there's an interesting, so this is not about the original cartoon of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but I think it's interesting when you point out how, for many, it can dilute and largely miss the point when you try to expand the point in things like the cartoon or the Ron Howard film. Now, What's interesting is I know the, uh, even in my own household, the Ron Howard film has, you know, a tremendous amount of affection, culturally speaking, and a lot of people love it. I actually think, so one thing that I, somewhat on a different page than you is, I actually think 
the general production design of it, I, I think is, is whimsical and kind of fun. It's a little darker lit than I thought it should be, but other, otherwise I was like, okay, no, this, this kind and of to your point. It. I'm actually, I, I want to thread the, a, thin, a needle here, which is to say, it's not really my cup of tea, sure, but sure, I do sure. respect that it, he went for it. Yeah. I mean, it is definitionally yeah. kind of going for it yeah. and kind of cool in that regard. And I would say the same thing about Jim Carrey as his performance in the role. I think he, he just kind of goes to the nines for it. And I, I, I kind of like him in it to me, the major, and you didn't sound like you watched enough. I'm going to come back to your point in just a second. It doesn't yeah. sound like you watched enough to maybe have caught this, but Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the Ron Howard directed live action film. In that film, they make the reason the Grinch is the Grinch is because who children bullied him as a child, and that's why he hates the Who's. Now I'll get back to why that's a problem for me in just a few minutes. But that that it points to what you're identifying of why why does he have to have a reason? In the original cartoon, perhaps in the book as well. They even say, like, the Grinch hated Christmas, and it's even in the text. He said, don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. Maybe his tight shoes. Maybe his head wasn't screwed on quite right. Maybe his uh, heart was two sizes too small. Yep. Um, and, and I think there's, there's an important note to take from that in something that I think is, is beneficial about the story of how the Grinch stole Christmas. They do the same thing in the cartoon version, traumatized young Grinch. That's why he became the way it is. And here's the point that I'm making to go back to all of that is we as people, this is really important. You went for it. I'm just going to go for it. We as people seem to need to have a reason for empathy before we will extend generosity, graciousness, and forgiveness, perhaps reconciliation to those who are opponents of us. Now, what I just said could be extrapolated and extended to places that I don't intend. I'm obviously not speaking about people who have done, you know, direct, extensive, abusive harm to you, you know, like take all of the extreme examples and cast them away because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about the Grinches in your world. We seem to feel that we will not extend joyful, you know, uh, I keep resisting saying like holiday or seasonal or Christmassy cheer to the Grinches in our world, unless we have some reason to empathize with them, which is why there's an impulse in the live action expansion or in the cartoon expansion to give the Grinch a reason to be the Grinch. But I actually think it's kind of profound that nobody quite knew the reason. Like, I think, I think that's kind of profound. The reason I think it's profound is because for me in my ideology, I think the reason why a person is the way it is can absolutely generate empathy and can absolutely generate understanding, perhaps necessarily so. I don't necessarily think we need to demand it before we extend graciousness and generosity. Does that make sense? Like, we, d we don't need to understand before we are willing to, you know, basically let our hearts grow in, in response to the, the it's ironic that we're talking about the Grinch when I say this, but the humanity of the people who um, are in opposition to us. That's part of what I find compelling about it. I don't know if that uh, resonates at all. Yes, but I almost think for me right now in my 
And since I knew we were doing this, I read the source text and I've watched the special twice. I may be missing something in this Mm -hmm. statement that I can't recall. But I almost think what you're applying makes sense and and there's truth to it. Absolutely. But even then, I don't know that. um, I don't know that the text or even the original special positioned them as individualized opponents of each other the grinch and the who's uh that's true no that's fair that's true yeah meaning it's almost like the text just personifies loss taking greed the the spirit of the power of the air yeah into this thing called the grinch and the 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 sharper contrast isn't so much in how will we behave towards the other how will we behave towards our opponent in light of how they behave towards us as much as is the community strong enough to weather loss Mm. and what does it look like what does it look like for wickedness to to buy compulsion of our praising in the face of loss transform that into one of us that is kind of powerful right absolutely it's it's almost like it doesn't matter that the grinch is an entity it's just a thing personified um in it it is a it is a shadow santa right Mm -hmm. it is a a mystical thing that instead of giving is now taking and they just kind of happen now cindy cindy lou who (laughs) bears witness to to him but largely in the text, I think she's the only one uh, yes. until kind of the end. Um, and it's and I, I guess all I'm trying to get to is the point of the text doesn't quite seem to be, you know, uh, um, how do you uh, treat the other? Be- because as evidenced by which it sounds like I'm trying to be contrary to you, your point, I'm not. Mm. I'm just trying to say as I've sort of evolved in my thinking on it, like. He has taken all the things. Yes. All the good stuff, all the goodness, all the expectation, all the hope, all the 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 waiting. He's he's taken it. He's stolen it. And so what we anticipate, again, it is it is subversive in the way Emmett Otter is. What we are anticipating is sadness, panged spirits. Yeah. It is like they don't miss a beat. They just gather and sing and rejoice and it's that turn it's that subversion that changes the heart of the wicked of the wickedness of the air even Mm -hmm. i don't even want to assign it to an entity or a singular individual yeah of course if that makes sense no it makes total sense and uh, yeah and and there's a way in which uh what i would observe doesn't necessarily mean that the text is posing the opposite Uh, uh let me let me not be too generalized um i was calling out and maybe you grasped this maybe i did a poor job of explaining it. i was calling out that our impulse to give in extended versions of the story our impulse to give grinch reason is because we need Mm. we need reason that's 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 our impulse not positing that the story doesn't need reason because i think you you hit on a couple of really interesting points going back to just the the original of the story the grinch in the the cartoon like he thinks 
that Christmas is about all these things. And so he's stolen it because he wants to stop Christmas from coming. The story is really about the Grinch. It's not about the Who's. And he's stolen what he thinks Christmas is about. He is foiled by the fact that he didn't understand Christmas. And the Who's, you know, we could assign a lot of things to them. I kind of accidentally did. We could uh, assign a lot of things to them like graciousness, generosity, benevolence, forgiveness, all of that. But I think the reality is he stole something to them that wasn't what it was all about for them to begin with. And that's not to minimize mm. yeah, yeah. that you know loss is painful in any degree, but that wasn't what Christmas was to them, clearly, because the cartoon doesn't show us any grieving. And right. there's a version in which grieving would have been necessary to tell the story. Again, when the extended... You know, the cartoon Grinch and the Ron Howard Grinch, they have to display those things because you're extending the story, you're living in the world for longer. You know, I, I get the functional necessity of it, but I think the the message to us is a little cleaner. Uh, maybe not, maybe cleaner is the wrong word. It's a little bit more direct in just, he thought he was stealing something that ultimately, he, he stole something kind of that wasn't the point to begin with. So he 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 really stole mm. nothing, and the revelation to him is, at least in part, oh my God, it wasn't about it wasn't ever about this to begin with. Like it wasn't ever about these things. There's all kinds of analyses you could do, rabbit trails. My you childhood could trauma trained me incorrectly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right, right. But fundamentally, but like, no, I think that's a great point. Yeah, 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 yeah. The warmth is just he didn't steal anything. You know, the title of the piece is The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. The irony of that title is he didn't steal a thing. He couldn't. He couldn't take it. He couldn't stop it. He had no power over it. And I think that's something that is is perhaps, I'm just going where my brain and heart take me. Yeah. That's yeah. something that, you know, we do have a tendency to believe um, that the spirit of the thing lies in the materiality of the thing. When that is often an exercise in missing the point, we do have a tendency to believe that, you know, the substance of it is rooted in the tactile, tangible aspect of it, when often that is missing the point, you know, Um, and you can extrapolate that wherever you want to go with it. Uh, uh, We could say that about the spirit of the Christmas season. We could say that about faith itself. We could say that about church, about Christ, that we have a tendency to, to believe, well, if they have uh, if they have damaged, stolen, or, or, or mishandled the tangibleness of it, then they have therefore disrupted, stolen, diluted, or undermined the spirit of it. It's instructive, and I would say even inspirational and helpful, to realize that while the two are connected, they are not necessarily one and the same, and that... Uh, the spirit cannot always be broken by the breaking of the of the material, and um, and and I feel like that can I, that's just that's just very uplifting to me to remember that like oh okay so it doesn't matter about all the trappings like it it can still come like I I think about it in these terms hmm. I think about it in the terms of like I'm sorry to get stupid on you for a minute I'm sorry but I thought we were already there we are. Um, I, I think about it in terms of this language that sometimes emerges about the war on Christmas or when people will talk about like, oh, you know, 
the 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 taking away so that you know they're trying to steal Christmas so they're trying to make Christmas something that it's not and I think about this special every single time um, nearly every single mm. time that that yeah. thing comes up because I'm like you can't steal it you can't nobody can steal it nobody can wage war on it nobody can defeat it nobody can take it away you know because if it's anything at all that means it is beyond all of these materialities, these trivialities, these things that we want to try to assign to it to say you have to use this language or you have to uh, follow these traditions or you have to follow this pattern or it has to be rooted in this, this or the other. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. Your heart right. is too small. You are too far away from it. Get into the heart of it. Hear the music and join the song for crying out loud. Like that's the piece of it that just I cannot escape when I think yeah. about the 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 how worked up we get about it and how um, protective and possessive we get of it when it's mystery and it's, it's song and it is, you know, uh, like there's just an ultra simplicity to it, uh, you know, that, that kind of define or kind of defies the boundaries and definitions that we would try to place around it. Even a sincere, and earnest expression that says, well, it's about Jesus. Okay, yes, I don't disagree, but I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> I don't know what right. you mean by that right. when you say that. Because to me, even quoting the biblical text and saying peace on earth and goodwill toward men opens me up to mystery, opens me up to wonder. One of my favorite lines in any Christmas song, sorry, you monologued, now I feel like I am, but Very good. The, one of my favorite lines in uh in 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 any christmas song is from hark the herald angels sing even though that's not one of my favorite of the of the christmas perennials but it says peace on earth and mercy mild god and sinners reconciled you know like just the simplicity of we were separate now we're not you know um i love too the line from oh holy night you know uh long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth these are things mm. which point to mystery. These are things which, which open up the door to things that we thought we could control. Why did we think we could control it? Because we are so far removed from it. We're so disconnected from it. Of course, now I'm speaking in Gritch language. We are so up on the mountain, so uh, looking down, literally looking down upon it, thinking that we can in some way intercept, manipulate, or control it only to find ourselves, and here's the beauty of it, Nathan, only to find ourselves after all of our efforts have been exhausted and we just sit waiting in, in what we hope will be our victory to find that the victory was already something that we couldn't control and that we are actually invited to simply participate in. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's beautiful. My, my, my heart grows big thinking about it. I'll shut up. Sorry. Let's <laughs> You're good. You're good. Yeah. No, I love, I love, um, I love that kind of interpretation. And, and, you know, I think as the best of fables do as the best of, you know, uh, this feels a little reductive morality tales does, you know, there's a, there's a mirror held up to us. Right. And, and it's like, you know, we, we can villainize the Grinch at our peril, uh, lest we, you know, kind of to your point about this war on Christmas concept of like, we will hoard what we have dubbed Christmas. We, we will, right. 
nail it to the ground you know no it's it's ours it's not yours you know it's it's we get to define it is is the is what we'll do and and you know this this feels a little random perhaps but um it was you kind of called it to mind a little bit here like that that uh that spirit of mine right that spirit of it won't be yours it it is mine uh that that sort of the grinch inhabits uh or manifests uh stumbled on this really interesting turn of phrase this weekend we um we did a little advent reading in our home for Mm -hmm. this past sunday and as part of it i went and got which i'm pretty sure you you have and and may know where i'm going here i i use the first nations version of the new testament for our i I love it yes Mm, yeah and if i had stumbled on this previously i didn't recall it and kind of got a little choked up in the midst of reading whatever the passage was but in the first nations text they refer to jesus as creator sets free yeah like that's yeah. the name of jesus mm-hmm. and and you know i was I, I, it's funny i was sharing my own sort of reflection on that right after it with with my wife and the kids and just like the value of this type of reading is it gives you new language right it, yes it, it, yes you know what I'm not saying, Jesus is an old word that we need to dispose of. What I am saying is other people's thoughts and views and ways of wording things that I'm over familiar with are going to shake my spirit into new cognizance of the reality of the right, mystery, right, right. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't know. I just love that the that that image, that idea, that concept, that name creator sets free yeah hey grinch whether grinch is a green monster uh or whether the grinch is me or you yeah creator sets free like you're you're holding on to this stuff just let it go it wasn't the thing anyway go down there and hold hands and sing right yeah like yeah yeah oh it's oh it's so beautiful and because that's the you know that's part of what's you know probably key is that we ourselves are capable of trapping ourselves in isolation, I think we, let me approach it this way. I think this was a question that you had preemptively sort of um, tossed out there as a possibility to spark conversation. And so I apologize that I'm stealing your thunder. I'm trying to at least credit you with it to do so. But <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> but what is a Grinch? You know, like what, what is a Grinch? What does it mean to be a Grinch? Um, you may have intended, if, if I truly did steal that question from you, you may have intended to ask me no. that to, to, to go first. Um, but I'm curious your thoughts on there. I'll, I'll provide an answer if you're not prepared, I, I, but yeah. No, go right ahead. I, I, I was yeah. not planning on that. So yeah. I do not have an answer at the ready. <laughs> I think it's, I think it to me, when I think about that idea of like, what is, what is a Grinch? Um, it is a heart that cannot tolerate joy. And I think that so many times, we ourselves have given over to so much anger, to so much frustration, to so much, you cited this earlier in passing, so much isolation and to so much sort of uh, disconnection that we can no longer tolerate joy. And so joy becomes offensive to us. And that's why when we witness other people 
in joy, it's, it's bothersome to us because we, there's a, there's a biblical passage where it talks about the Pharisees and, and the way they engage with people who were just simply trying to be reconciled unto God. And Jesus spoke to them at one point and he said, you don't enter the kingdom of heaven yourself. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but he says, uh, you don't enter the kingdom of heaven yourself, nor do you let others enter. Um, it's, it's this barricade, this barrier where we, they, they try to, uh, just sort of close up and clench in, uh, which is kind of possessive imagery. And I feel like to me, grinchiness, uh, if you will, is, is when we've just completely lost, and I don't mean lost our joy in terms of just sorrow and melancholy. Again, I'm, I'm probably too worried about people hearing what I'm not saying. But to me, that feeling of being a Grinch is where you can no longer tolerate the witness of joy or other people just living in joy, um, and therefore you feel the need to squash it and destroy it or steal it. You know, take- I mean, you know, I think I think a, oh, another way to put it is it'd be like, you know, like if you were like a bad banana with a greasy black peel, you know, yeah, or something like yeah. that. You know, I, although I, arguably what? No, go ahead. No, I was just thinking like <laughs> I, I, I would have compared it to a seasick crocodile, you know, and yeah. and, and yeah. perhaps I would have chosen the seasick crocodile. Yeah. I mean, like stink, stank, stunk. That's what stink, I say. Stink, um, arguably. Uh, listeners are going to think Nathan very grinchy towards their <laughs> Ron Howard uh, movie that they've got <laughs> affection for. And, you know, in fairness to you, I did not watch it in its entirety. I am I am copying to the fact that its heightened production style doesn't work for me on its face. And so, you know, maybe my heart will grow two times by the end of one day watching it. Yeah. Well, to be, to be time. candid, my almost only complaint with it though it is a big one, almost my only complaint with it is the infusion into the story that the Who's were responsible for the Grinch becoming the Grinch. Yeah. Because I think that undermines their ability to reconcile him back to them right. at the end. Yeah. But um, that, you know, li- listeners, anybody who loves that film, that is my only ideological, the only one that I can remember. That is my only real problem with that iteration of it. But it is such a big problem because I think it is so thematically lopsided that 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 i i do have some real struggles with it on that front um otherwise i find jim carrey very funny i think he's he's a great he's almost inspired casting for the grinch and i think the production looks really great um it's hard not to tear up in certain moments but uh but yeah that's uh that's my feeling on on that I I don't I will, know. I will say there's a there is a if listeners are are unaware of it, although this may age myself a little bit here, but I'm pretty open about that. There's a fantastic cover of your mean one, Mr. Grinch. Um, I don't know if it would be attributed specifically to just Lee Nash or Sixpence Done the Richer. I can't remember, oh, but oh, she does wow. a cover of it. That's that's quite fun. Ooh, I would have to look that up. And you know who else? Calling you out. Me? You know who else does a nope. Oh. You know who else does a great rendition of "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch" is the one and only Jackson Harper. I thought you were going there. That's calling cool. you out uh, <laughs> to record it and send it to us, and we'll run it alongside in the feed, maybe that just for the patrons if you want. I got to hear awesome. it live last year, uh, and it was 
quite fun. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Uh, do you know who, little bit of trivia on our way out as we head for home, do you know Thurl Ravencroft uh, is the voice of the guy who sings You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch? I think you did some trivial digging about this. Do you know what he is uh, as much or more famous for uh, as the voice of? Uh no, I actually don't know that I did discover that. Oh, uh, he is the one and only Tony the Tiger. There, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Right. yes, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And to be fair, it's Ravens Croft. Oh, I missed the S. Yep. Just, yep, 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 yep. It's all right. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Listen, um, this is a brief conversation, but I, if you feel good, I feel good. We can head to Yale Fog. I feel great, if you will. To um, Whoville. To the <laughs> yeah, head down to Whoville. Um, my heart feels enlarged. Um, so I am, I am quite delighted by this. Um, so yeah, uh, listeners, uh, our fog meter is our unique metric, uh, by which we rate all of the media that we cover, uh, on a scale of fear and or God on its scares and or its substance. Um, so yeah, uh, on the fear measurement, what would you give? The 1966 Christmas special directed by Chuck Jones, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, one? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Not, not scary. Know, T- su- TVG. <laughs> I, su- I suppose there's a world where, you know, a, a small child might be turned off, but it's so fantastically animated. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't think it's. No. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. Not, not, not scary at all. Uh, I was actually going to go ahead and go for the zero, but I'll join you in the one. Um. So, uh, but what would, uh, well, I'll lead the charge. Um, I mean, the fog meter doesn't necessarily rate the quality of the piece. It, it rates its, uh, its gravity, what it demands of you. Um, but I would give the God meter the substance of it a 10 without, uh, I'll join you on the 10. Yeah. Uh, without I mean, any sort of really no reason not to asterisks. Um, and that of course means that on the fog meter, we give how the Grinch stole Christmas a five out of 10. Five and a half out of ten. Um, but uh, would you recommend How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will. I will keep at a distance the feature length versions, uh, at least for okay. the, the the me right now. Um, but but of course, yeah, I definitely recommend the yeah. original. Uh, the original. If for some reason there are two of you out there who have never seen it, oh my god, twenty five minutes long. It's available on Peacock. It's probably available on YouTube. <laughs> like it's so old and it's so ubiquitous um so yes please by all means seek it out see it um and if you've seen other iterations of it uh and and would like to toss that into the conversation as well please have uh, you by all means i don't think you've mentioned did you watch the illumination version yes i did i did um it has been so long because i watched it the year it came out which has been like five years ago yeah followers of my letterboxd ratings will know that my favorite thing to give a movie is four uh, so if I, if I give it a four, it means I really liked it and I would have a lot of good things to say about it. Um, if I give something like less than a three, it means I actively did not like it and I'm going to complain a lot about it. Uh, I gave Grinch a three, the illumination Grinch. So basically meaning I kind of walked away from it at the time. Don't remember too much about it, but kind of walked away from it at the time going, eh, okay. <laughs> like, <you> know, like <laughs> right. whatever. Um, but uh, but I, I will call out for myself on the way out the door that there's a tremendous amount of beholden sort of 
sanctity might be too strong a word, but then again, it might not on this original cartoon. I think this original cartoon is just such a bullseye for wonder and whimsy and beauty. And uh, it is funny. It is charming. We didn't even talk about like the little humorous animation gags that are in it. Like when he, you know, gets stuck in the chimney or when Max out, you know, the sled outruns Max. Uh, sure. <laughs> thing, you know, lots of wonderful little humorous touches. Yeah. You it's know? very, it's got a very old school Looney Tunes kind of energy to it. I which like is, it. which is appropriate because Chuck Jones was one of the prominent uh, animators for, uh, for Looney Tunes for, you know, uh, maybe a couple of decades, at least a decade plus. Uh, he, he animated most of the absolute staple uh, Looney Tunes cartoons that most of us watched growing up, like Barbara of Seville. And, you know, uh, he, Chuck Jones is likely to have animated most of those. Uh, so you citing that it had a Looney Tunes feel to it is incredibly appropriate. Um, but yeah, I That's mean, me. it's, yeah, it's, uh, you are, you are incredibly appropriate. But listen, Thank uh, you. Listeners, uh, how do you feel about the Grinch? How do you feel about these different versions of the Grinch? Uh, come on and, and join the conversation because as we say on the fear of God, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but it is not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. Um, ladies and gentlemen, friends and foggers, who's one and all? Um, next week, is going to be our Christmas episode. It's going to land a little early because Christmas being on a Monday uh, means that uh, we are, uh, you know, not not going to have a release uh, of Christmas like the day after it. Um, so uh, our Christmas episode will come next week, and we're going to start a new tradition at the fear of God. Hopefully, a perennial one. We'll see how long it goes. There's plenty of these adaptations, but. Uh, we're going to start a little tradition. I'm going to credit you with this, Nathan Rouse, this idea of our Christmas episodes being a version of the many, the multitude that are out there, of Dickens's A Christmas Carol. We've already covered A Christmas Carol once already, uh, but we are going to revisit that story probably, hopefully, maybe, once a year uh, in many of its different fun, inventive, and cutesy uh, adaptations. And next week, the version we're going to kick that tradition down with uh, is from 1988. Listen, it's a 1988 kind of uh, kind of Christmas <laughs> for us because that's when Die Hard was released. The same year, Bill Murray played one Mr. Uh, Frank Cross, the Scrooge surrogate in Scrooged, directed by Richard Donner, scored by Danny Elfman, and featuring uh, the one and only Bill Murray uh, as the Ebenezer Scrooge-type character. So next week, uh, revisit. If you have not seen it, see it. Uh, Scrooged, and we will be discussing that next week. Thank you so much, Nathan, for having this conversation with me. I have really loved it. Listeners, thank you for hanging in with us. We'll see you next week. See you guys. Bye. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media, essays, and episode archive merchandise and more. If you love what we do, please consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast. There you'll unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online event access, and so much more. We want to issue a special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork, also to our assortment of talented musicians, including Andrew Nelson, The Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes, and also to Lee Wright, who helped me, Reed Lackey, write our theme music. Special thanks also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. 
Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.